It doesn't have to be that way. You can actually build a successful and profitable business treating yourself in a kind and loving way. And where you create greater levels of emotional health, you create greater relationships, you resolve the pain. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I have a most amazing guest, Chris. Chris, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So we're going to have a ton of fun today, peeps. We are talking to Chris about building your businesses and organizing them. It's going to be fabulous. But Chris, give everybody the 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, thanks. So I, I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years. I started my first business when I was 12, actually sharpening chainsaw chains, which is a kind of dangerous thing to do as a 12 year old, but you know, pretty quickly I was making some, you know, 25 bucks an hour at 12. So it was a, a quick, fast start. Um, sold my first company in my mid twenties, uh, actually started coaching and consulting others. When I was 19, I had my set, my first house and my second business. And people were like, how are you 19 and having these things? So I started coaching and consulting then sold my first business in my mid twenties, sold my second business in my mid thirties. And then over that time, I've had several consulting firms I've coached and consulted with hundreds of different CEOs and organizations and business leaders in a wide variety of industries. And now my focus is solely on helping companies grow and scale. I love it. It's my, my, my passion is organization and I just get to help business leaders organize their businesses so they can have optimal growth. Awesome. I love that. So talk to us a bit about how you work with client. When you go into an office and you're like, okay, where do we begin? What's your... Yeah. You know, I, I like a, I'm a, come from a very holistic standpoint. And so I like to know, uh, I, I, the way I see a business is like, it, there's like a, a million different pieces. And, they, and when you put them together in the right way, headed in the right direction, you're going to get to where you want to go. Now, there's always problems. And, and you just address those problems as you're going along. Um, and most businesses have multiple different pieces that are not aligned, that are missing. And it's like, you're trying to put together this amazing masterpiece and like half the pieces are on the floor. Like it's, you know, we walk into most business, that's what it's like. And so it's like, no, no, these pieces are over here. We need to bring them in. And this piece you have upside down. And so um, I, I, and even so many times I see that the, the, the leader, the, the, the CEO or the owner as, you know, as part of this equation. And many times they're not in their optimal role. They're not doing what their greatest strength is. They're getting lost in the details and the weeds. Um, or maybe there's mental things that are holding them back, or, or maybe there's, uh, you know, unloved uh, aspects of self that are getting in the way of them, their, their optimal performance. And so we really come in, not just from a holistic business standpoint and looking at all these different moving pieces. And then when we see something's missing, we can bring in the right expert to address certain things. But we also come in it from a human standpoint and looking at the human individual, not just from a strategic and a tactical, but like there's human beings running this business and we, you know, are at the core, we're humans, we need love or, or different flavors of love, kindness, compassion, empathy. Those are all, in my opinion, flavors of love. And when something's off or missing, 
on an individual standpoint, it impacts how the businesses operate. So that's kind of how a quick summary of how I approach approach this game. Nice. So I think I want to go into more of the entrepreneur, like let's focus on the entrepreneur themselves. And what I often find is that people are looking to replicate themselves. They're looking for mini me's that can just take over doing what they do. And until somebody's as good at doing what I do, I'm not going to delegate that task. And oddly enough, I see it a lot, of course, in kind of startups and they're, they're making their first 50 grand. I totally get that. But I've seen it in like 10 million, $20 million companies. How do you work with people that are still looking for the replication of the mini me? Yeah. I mean, getting, uh, bringing in other people into the company is obviously absolutely essential to, to growth where you're not doing things and you're getting out of your own way. So you can focus on higher value activities. Um, and so there's several different dynamics at play here. Um, one is like, who do you actually choose to bring into that role? And I'm, so one thing I commonly see, especially with companies that are under a million in revenue, are bringing in, you know, there's, they've read the book, like the four hour work week, or they've read, they've seen all these virtual assistant companies that you can get somebody for $5 an hour or whatever. And they're, I can't tell you how many times I have banged my head against the wall, trying to get a VA in the Philippines to follow a task. And a, uh, and it's, and, it, and it's how much does like training, like I create the procedure and then they still can't follow. And I'm just like, what's, you know, and so I would say 50% when you're, when you're bringing in low hourly rate wage people, sometimes it works out great. Right. I've also had great, but it, but it's, at least 50% of the time it's been frustrating and that's where you're losing money. That's, and so part of this is, is you just getting good at knowing um, where to look, who's the right person and getting like, so there's a, there's a ton of experience that I'm kind of like glossing over. Like I don't want to discount, but I'm also want to point to some very key things to be aware of. And so one of those things is sometimes you just need to bring in an A player and you just need to hire somebody that's going to elevate your business. Now, knowing when to do that can actually, that's where it's actually really great to get advice. Somebody who's been down the road further that can say, hey, based on this role that you want to hire and bring in, no, it actually would make sense. You could get away with a, a VA for this or no, based on all the other moving parts and where you want to head, you want to bring in an A player for that. There's a, a current client of mine, they're a music production company, and they um, have worked with contractors to help them create the music, but were, they were bringing on their first person internally. And I had helped them double their revenue the previous year, and we needed someone to help start helping with operations. And they were like, oh, let's bring in an intern and train the intern. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, and, I, and they're like, well, let's bring in like some you know, $20 an hour. They were afraid because they had never hired somebody like for their internal team and managed and delegated and money. They had some fear around money issues. Like if I hire somebody that's expensive, what if we don't continue this upward trajectory that we're on? They had fear that it would not work out. And I could see the trends and I could see, I was like, no, we want to bring on an A player. We want to bring on somebody that's like, 
dollars $70,000 a year that can just completely elevate your business. And I, it, it felt like a fight for like four months, just being like, you need, and so finally, I'm so glad they made this. And we got an incredible A player in there now that's just rocking it. And we're on track to doubling revenue again this year. But there was so many different pieces uh, in making that, that one, this one single decision that they had to overcome internally that I was able to spot and be like, no, no, no. So uh, there's, there's a lot of different directions we could go in just this conversation. But I think there's a couple of good points in there that hopefully are, it's useful for those listening. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Let's take it anywhere you want to, because I'm thinking a lot of people don't know how to bring in an A player. So one, I always advise bring in somebody like you that can look at their overall game and go, okay, who are we missing in this realm and who's not up to snuff and who's not playing it right. And then they can make an intelligent decision about who that game player is. Like, do you want a, um, a high rolling business manager that's taking care of everything awesomely or do you want an awesome salesperson that can knock it out of the park and how do you kind of juggle those balls or roll them around and figure out which one comes first i would say to figure out what's the best role to bring in let's say it's just you you're a solar entrepreneur you're looking to bring in your first person in that's really really a coach can be helpful um, just have a coach and just have them look at all the different moving pieces of your business what your greatest strengths are what you love to do um, and then and, and what's your budget? Like how much money do you have coming in? What's the opportunity? There's so many different factors in, in making that one decision. You want, just get somebody, run it by them, get, get their advice on who they think. Um, it, uh, so that's how I would approach, um, uh, approach that. And then once you, so here's the other thing. It's, you don't want to bring in somebody that's the same as you. Uh, and so I'm going to give you this concept um, that comes from a, a book called Rocket Fuel. And in this book, there's, it talks about this concept of visionary and integrator, which by the way, for those of you who are just getting started in business and you want to be successful, you've been an entrepreneur for a few years or less, E-Myth, these are my two top recommended books to read, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber and Rocket Fuel. Um, the owner, the name who wrote that's not coming to me. Um, but in Rocket Fuel, it talks about this concept of visionary and integrator. And for any great company that was built, successful company, it had these two key roles. So one, the visionary might sound pretty, pretty self-explanatory. It's the person who has the vision. Uh, sometimes this person is the one who's great at sales, great at building the relationships. They have the, the, the path of where they're headed, right? Most and most companies that start have a visionary, but what most businesses don't have and are lacking, or they don't know they're lacking, or they try to, is the integrator. The integrator is the one who operationalizes and makes your vision happen. Integrators are so essential. They're so important. Uh, uh, this one company I'm currently working with, their $2 million hair salon, and they have been in business for 20 years, hovering around one to two million up and down, stag basically stagnant or up and you know, unstable growth. They didn't realize, the owner didn't realize, amazing woman, uh, so much potential, has built an incredible brand. And she just didn't realize that she needed an integrator. 
And it's been holding her back for 20 years. If you're listening to this and you're, and, and you feel like I have a great vision, I know where I want to head. Why are all the pieces not coming together? Why is it so frustrating? I hate getting in the details, right? You might need an integrator. And, and then you're like, well, how much does that, just read the book first, get clear on what these concepts are, and then look for a coach that can help you make that decision about whether it's time. Cause sometimes it's not right. It, it's a, it's a big step, but at least, you know, right. So having an integrator that can operationalize your vision, those two key roles, vision integrator. Um, so important. I got some tech support over here, closing my blinds for me. <laughs> All of a sudden the sun comes in the side window and I get blinded out. So I didn't want to get up and leave while you were talking. And so that was awesome. And that's what I, that, what you're talking about there is what I'm talking about is mini me. It's like, I have this skill set and I just want to hire somebody exactly like me. Who's going to take over everything that I don't want to do. And it's like, that doesn't work. You can't do that. Um, and even if companies have teams of people, Sometimes that business owner is still looking to just replicate themselves. And to me, it just, it doesn't make sense. So when I'm explaining it to people, just because I'm Canadian and I like rubbing that in, I'll explain it like a hockey team. Your, the aptitude of your forwards is totally 100% different than the aptitude of your goalie. And in business, you have these different roles of the offense and the defense and the fulfillment and <laughs> call it what you want, but what it takes to be able to have a vision for a company and see where it's going and see that there's a need and people have this to be able to articulate that is a totally different skill set to be able to implement on it is a totally different skill set. Yep. Yep. And that's why I love having people like you that can go in and see that entire business model, wherever they're at and, and, and be able to see that. So Let's talk about the difference between kind of coaches and and bring versus bringing you in. Because I know for me, once I understood that as a coach, I was totally into the mindset and, you know, the vision of what do you have to do? Reverse engineer that. Let's build it all out. This is great. But I knew that I wasn't, um, I didn't go in and do an operational analysis of the company. Like that wasn't mm-hmm. my jam. That was my mojo but I could see that they needed somebody like you to be able to come in. So talk to me about the difference of kind of what you do versus say somebody like me or other coaches that you've seen in the past. Yeah. Um, well, I can share, I guess, a little bit more about that. I'm not, I, I guess. Um, so I'll just show a little bit more about what I do. Well, I have a combined approach of coaching and consulting um, that, you know, so we come in very, like we're right there with you in growing your business. Um, and we're in the details. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that also makes us different is I hold the energy for you, um, for the greatness of everything that you want to come into fruition. So there's a very energetic component that I also bring. I think that's very unique. I think that might be more of a coaching. I think coaches a lot of times will also bring that kind of support holding energy more than like consultants who are just there to grind something out or put something in place. Um, and so, you know, we're looking at the numbers, we're setting up your frameworks of like, what's your targets and looking at your P&L and your balance sheet and being on your numbers and what's your metrics. And then where's things happening operationally. So, you know, we really get, here's the framework that you need for managing your whole team and your roles, responsibilities, and accountabilities. So we're, we're doing all that. And then there are times where we uh, will come in with a coach. Like, let's say there's, you're, you're trying to delegate 
and you're like, man, I, I've read this book on delegating. I read the E-Myth. I know about building systems, but I, I'm still having trouble letting go. Like why, you know, this, I got this, I hired this person and I'm having trouble thinking of what to give them. A lot of times when there's things like that in business where you know what to do and you can't, you don't seem to have access to actually doing the action. Many times it's from parts of ourselves that are unloved and unembraced. And so this is where I come in as a coach and we use the tool of LQ, love quotient. And we, and we, and we love different aspects of yourself. I guide you to use this tool to love different aspects of yourself. And when you do that, you actually are like, oh, wow, now I feel access to actually doing the action. And so, for example, with delegation, a lot of times delegation comes from a fear of making a mistake. And then that's covered up by perfectionism. And when there's perfectionism, there can be resistance to actually letting go and having somebody else do it because you're like, it has to be perfect. I don't want them to mess it up because there's a fear of making a mistake. And typically what's under a fear of making a mistake, there's two things. One, there's a fear of actually fearing fear, like you're afraid to feel fear. And it could also be that there's a fear of not feeling good enough. And so with LQ, we come in and love the one who doesn't feel good enough. We love the one who's feeling fear. And by loving that part of ourselves, refuse more. Then we actually feel safe enough to feel fear, the fear of making a mistake. We, feel, we, we, we start feeling um, better uh, about who we are. And when those things happen, it's like, oh, wow, now like I can now delegate. It's just so weird. Something changed. I didn't. And so that's um, how we can all, also operate as a coach. And one of the tools we use that's very powerful. And by the way, if you're familiar with EQ, emotional intelligence, it's great. You want to have, you, you know, business leader, you want to have a good emotional intelligence and, and there's a lot of great stuff out there. Um, what, but one of the things where LQ falls, I'm sorry, EQ falls short, you can understand your emotions, you can communicate about your emotions, but if you're not able to be with your emotions, right? So EQ can bring to your awareness the emotions that you're actually not actually comfortable being with and fully feeling. And that's really where one of the gaps that LQ can close is because when you really love the one, the, the, your inner self, love the one who is afraid, love the one who's sad, love the one who's, who's um, feeling lonely, love the one who's scared, love the one who's uh, afraid of running out of money. Then we begin to feel safe enough to feel these emotions. And when we feel safe enough to feel these emotions, we're no longer resisting being in their presence. We're no longer resisting feeling them because you're going to feel negative emotions as part of a being a business. It's scary. It's uncertain, right? And if you're actually afraid of feeling these emotions, it's going to hold you back from actually taking the right actions of what you actually need to do. So this is one way how we use the tool of LQ and how we use love to actually help the people that we work with to make greater revenues and profit. So we use love to increase your bottom line. I love that because I think so many times people think I just have to understand business. I just have to understand the numbers and then I'm going to be good in business and nothing could be further from the truth <laughs> that it becomes to me being an entrepreneur is the best personal development program that's out there because it draws on so many aspects of you that you just couldn't possibly fathom that you were going to have yeah. to face. Uh, somebody said it once that if I knew what being an entrepreneur was, I probably wouldn't have done it, but I'm really glad that I did. <laughs> right.
Yeah, it's, you know, I think those that are in that journey, um, you, you get it. Like for those who are really successful, you, you take on the entrepreneurial journey of just like, it's a lifelong journey, constant growth, constant learning, both as an individual and uh, from, from inner growth, personal growth, and then also from professional and constantly learning new different business strategies and tactics and, and expanding your knowledge there. Um, and if you haven't fully taken that on, it's going to limit you, right? If you're still sitting on the fence as an entrepreneur and questioning whether you should go back to a job um, or not having fully realized that it, if you truly want to have success, you're going to want to have in, in, in the way that feels the best where you're not grinding, where it's, where it's sustainable, um, where you're having emotional health as part of your equation to building a profitable business, then personal growth and really learning how to uh, love, love yourself and treat yourself kindly is, is a key component. I, I think one of the things I used to be so hard on myself, um, like, you know, it's like, you're not, it's not happening fast enough. You're not, you know, it's not, you're not good enough. You're, you're failing, you're failing, you're falling short, try harder, work harder. Got it. Like there was like this inner voice that was driving me, driving me. Right. I was this driven, a type controlling successful, you know, there's no doubt that those behaviors can create success, but it was pain. I was driven by pain. Right. So just think about it right now. Are you being driven by pain? Right? And most people are like, oh, no, I'm not driven by pain. But you don't even realize that you're in pain. right? Most people who build successful companies are actually created. There's some unmet, unloved aspect of self that's driving them to create. Now, there's books out there that talk about, oh, yeah, discover your pain. Recent, I, was, I don't know, don't remember who it was, but it was like, discover your pain and use that to drive you forward. And I was like, what? Like, okay. Like, it worked. I mean, it works. To but a like, point. it's not healthy. It's not, and you don't it's have to do it that way. It doesn't have to be that way. You can actually build a successful and profitable business, treating yourself in a kind and loving way. And where you create greater levels of emotional health, you create greater relationships, you resolve the pain that's driving you and allow inspiration allow your passion for the impact that you want to make, allow your desire to have a lot of money drive you. But when it's things of like, I don't feel good enough. I was, you know, didn't get the attention. I was abandoned by my parents. Like whatever it is that could be that core thing. Like we were poor. I hate being poor. I never want to be poor. Like I'm never going to be in the situation I was growing up. That's pain. Those are pain versus, right? So let me just give an example from a monetary standpoint about what two different sides of pain can look like specifically related to money. Cause this was me. Like I hated not having enough money growing up and I hated, we can't afford it. I hated hearing that. And I was like, I am never going to be in that. I'm always going to get what I want. There was pain. That was pain there. The pain of hating, not having money, the pain of a fear of being poor and, and, and the upset of not having what I want. I was, that was like the first, you know, 15 years of my entrepreneurial journey. So think about that in your life right now, as you're listening to this, your desire for money, is it being driven by pain versus I just want, I want a lot of money because of the access it gives to me, 
because the choices then I can make because of how good I will feel when I build a successful and profitable company, because of how much money I'll get as a reflection of my own self-worth. Which is what if you were to imagine that how much money you had in a bank was a reflection of your self-worth, right? Or maybe it was, I want to have a lot of money in the bank and I want to build a successful company as a reflection of how much impact I've made. So there's a different way if you think about it. I, you know, and then you, you, you can go back and you can heal the one who's afraid of being poor. You can heal the one who's been, didn't have enough to shift you into this position where you can truly pursue building, having a ton of money, building a profitable company for, out of desire and out of feeling good versus unresolved pain. Absolutely. And I think you answered the question that I was going to ask you, which was, what about people who feel like if they're not driven by that pain of, I've got to be better, I've got to make it right, I've got to, that kind of thing. If they don't have that, then they're like, well, I'll just go and sit out on a beach somewhere and become a beach bum. Well, you know, you'd have to look at that. I mean, I, I think one thing I honor is everybody's choices and their desires. And if you look, if you want to be a beach bum, like, and you can, like, hey, man, I, it's funny. I was walking on the beach in, in, in L.A. this month and I was walking down the beach and I saw this homeless guy laying on the beach. I was like, I was walking with one of my girlfriends and I was like, that guy lives on the beach. He he lit. I, I, he, he's closer to the he lives on the beach than I am. Right. So and he's, you know, so people I, I want to give people the freedom to choose what they want. Now, now, if there could be something that's in the way of somebody of having access and giving permission to like, what do you desire? What do you really want to dream? Right. So sometimes people haven't been given permission or know how to actually define a vision or what they desire. Um, and other times there's people that I've met that are like, they're not the visionaries. They're the integrators. And they're like, I don't have a big dream. I just want to support somebody that has a big dream. Hey, I, I need you. Michelle might need you. Like there's a lot of people that need you. Because visionaries need integrators. And there's sometimes people that are like, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I'm not afraid. I just don't want to. And that's okay too, right? So I'm assuming you're on this as an entrepreneur, but I also just want to honor, like if you can, are truly choosing something because that's what you want, that's awesome. But it's also helpful to know, is there pain or fear that's impacting that choice. And that can be really helpful because even it's hard. For, you know, I have a ton of coaches and mentors and I have accountability partners that reflect back to me things because we all need mirrors in different areas of our life because it's hard to see our own stuff. And so um, it's helpful to have people that can spot these things for you and point them out or you can ask questions to, to, to determine if, you know, hey, am I making that decision rooted in pain? then it's something to, to at least be aware of. I love that. And I think it's so important to get that advice from somebody not in your family <laughs> or your kind of <laughs> cultural background, if you will, because it's um, it's so easy for people to get stuck in the, this is the way it has to be. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with people and it's like, oh yeah, when I was little, we weren't allowed to do any sports or things like that. We just had to read. And all I really wanted to do was go out and play you know, soccer, football with my friends. I'm like, awesome. So are you playing football or soccer right now? Just to have it as an outlet to allow those 
the inspiration that might come up from that. There's nothing wrong with getting <laughs> exercise. And then I have other families that think, oh, I grew up in an athletic family and we, I wasn't allowed to sit around and read books. I had to go out and, you know, get stuff done. And it was all about doing it. I'm like, okay, if you two just changed occupations, <laughs> you'd be perfectly happy. Yeah. Get out of that own yeah. way. Yeah. And I think too, that people think that they get, uh, if I let go of the way things are, if I let go of the tension, the tightness, the stress that I have right now, it has to be this other way that I see, which is failure or lack thereof or whatever it is. And kind of what's on the other side of letting go of that stress. A lot yeah, of people that's just a can't great even fathom. question. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, in all the times I've been faced with letting go or another term for that is surrender. Um, what will happen if I let go of this stress, because this stress is serve. It feels like it's serving me to make this happen. And in like in certain situations, like in, in real fight or flight things, like it's good, right? Like when you, somebody has a gun to you or your kids are, you know, kid falls in the river drowning, like that fear, that's a good fear. That's going to motivate you into, that's a good strike. That's a, you know, that, so that's different. But it, when it's a situation like what most of us as entrepreneurs face um, and you're like, this stress is driving me to get out of this situation. N no. Um, and so it, let's just say it's a money. Let's just pick a particular situation. Let's say it's money. You are, um, you've been trying to grow this business. You've been investing into it and the sales aren't happening the way that you want them to happen. And you're like, I have, literally two days left before this other expense I know is coming out before I go. And so, yes, you need to take action, but that action doesn't have to be rooted in a fear. All right. So here, here's how I would approach that. So one of the fears is I'm feeling into that's been a situation I've been in. Um, there is a fear of running out of money. And so I would, this is what I would, this is the practice that I would do to myself. This is what I would do with a client to the one who's afraid of running out of money. I love you. To the one who's afraid of running out of money. I love you. And then once I had <clears throat> done that enough, I was like, okay. Then the next words I would say is, it's okay to run out of money. Now, if you feel yourself tightening up, thinking of saying those words, that means there's a fear, like there, it's like it's not okay, like it's not, like there's so much fear. Now, when there's that much fear to facing a situation, then it's causing you that amount of stress. And when you have that amount of stress, you're actually not operating in the most conscious and grounded way. Now, there's an energetic space that you can get through that very practice I was just talking about where you can be like, it's okay to run out of money and you feel calm and peace in your body. And that calm and peace will come from having sufficiently loved the part of self that's afraid of running out of money. Now, just because we get to this place of calm and peace about running out of money internally on a quantum or energetic level, that doesn't mean that we're now going to like allow that to happen or be okay in like physical reality that that happens. We want to get there on an energetic, emotional level 
because now that stress isn't there, which then allows us to make better action, take better actions, make better decisions, think more clearly. And that's, and it's also just a lot healthier because now our cortisol levels aren't jacked up and, and uh, we're going to gain, you know, re, you know, gain weight. It's just all these kind of things physiologically that happens when you're in this constant state. So when you can actually love the one who's afraid of whatever you're feeling, get to a place where you're actually able to say, it's okay, the very thing that you're afraid of happening, it shifts how you actually interact with reality and creates a greater probability that you can create the result that you want and that you will no longer repeat the patterns that are creating that very thing from happening. Nice, well put. And I think people oftentimes don't understand those patterns that are happening or they see them as inevitable, that that's just the way it is. Everybody does this. When everybody runs out of money, they feel this way. And that's totally not true. It's, it's not a fact, but we've ingrained it so much that we think it's a fact because we've seen it happen so often in our lives and with the people around us that it plays out all the time. Therefore, it must be fact. Yes. Yeah. A lot of times, if there's patterns that keep playing out in your life, in your business, or in any aspect of life, many times it's because the universe, we're kind of get a little spiritual. You're going to keep repeating these until you've loved the one who's afraid of actually being okay, feeling okay in these situations. It's just so interesting as I started really deeply doing this personal development work and this inner work and really loving and embracing these part of myself. And I was like, wow, I can actually, when, when I'm noticing that there's a pattern that just keeps playing out, like one I was just recently working on, which I felt a major shift around was um, I was afraid of losing clients. And every time I thought there was a client that uh, was not happy with me or I wasn't going to keep, like either there'd be a little bit of tension that would get built up in my chest or when I was, you know, in the sales process and I'd close you like, yes, it's just happened this last week. And he was like, yes, let's move forward. And then sent him over the contracts, didn't sign it, had some problems and then just disappeared. You know, I lost a client. And, and so I was like, wow, I, I feel this tension in my chest. And so let me go in and love it. And I was like, okay, to the one who's afraid of losing clients, I love you. And I just did that. And then I said, it's okay to lose clients. And I felt all this tension in my chest. It was like, holy, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like tension here. Like I need some more love. And so I just spent the next couple days, you know, a couple minutes, like, you know, the one who's afraid of losing clients, I love you. And then it was actually just yesterday that I got to the point and I was like, it's okay to lose clients. And I felt at peace. And I was like, oh my God, like, I, I'm just so excited to see how this is now going to change, like how this plays out, like in, in my reality. And so um, that's, there's all these little things and we have, then we have these tools that we can use to, to actually transmit how, who we're being, we're really re reprogramming our subconscious with love is what's actually happening the core here. And, um, and then it, and it changes how we interact with reality. Nice. I love that. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How do they start that journey with you? Yeah. So uh, there's my website. It's wiseprofits.net. Go there and check out. Uh, uh, there's also a contact form on there. 
And then if you're interested, if you're somebody who's really looking to scale and grow their business, uh, there's a free assessment that I have where you can just do a quick, you know, take you a couple minutes, but it'll also be very insightful for you to the questions that we're asking here. And it's wiseprofits.net forward slash scale. And, um, and then if you take that and you also want to talk about it with me, I'm happy to take a few minutes and we can go over it and talk about um, what things, uh, what insights or what insights I have for you about where you're at in your business. Nice. And that's profits as in money. Yes, W I S E P R O F I T S, wise profits, like the money.net. Awesome. Love that. Chris, thank you so much for your time. I absolutely love and adore being able to talk to you and pick your brain. And I uh, think we're going to have to do it again sometime. Any last That's words for our peeps? Um, I would say that you can have an incredibly successful business. Winning doesn't have to feel like a sacrifice. You can have an incredibly successful business and feel good along the way. But to do that, it's difficult and it requires inner work. Um, So you can either choose to do it in a grinding hard way that doesn't feel good, or you can choose to go into the fear, go into the very things that you're afraid of with the tool of LQ, Love Quotient, and actually build an incredible business and feel amazing in the process. Winning doesn't have to feel like a sacrifice. Awesome. On that note, peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being with us here today. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so that we can help you scale your business. We love having you here. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.